Hello and welcome to the Wise Why this morning. I am joined by an amazing lady called Sally Green. So I met Sally, well actually Sally came to me as a recommendation and we started talking and we just hit it off straight away. And what I love about Sally is there's never a moment where we can't share insight or wisdom. And that is why she's on the Wise Why because we have shared so much. Just before we came live, we were talking with SEOs and we nearly miss going live because we were chatting so much. So as usual, I always say this show is not about me. It is about the guest. Sally, please introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I've just It's just a joy to, talking to Kirsty because, as she said, she kind of inspires ideas and thoughts and inspiration. So it's great. So I'll just tell you what kind of ideas and inspirations I'm inspired by. Um, I'm Sally Green and I am a marketing consultant, but I'm not the balloons and wallpaper and the exciting end of it. I'm I'm. I'm going to make myself sound really dull, although I'm not at all dull. I am the strategic um, marketeer. So I am going to give people a really strong foundation, which has got budget, schedule, process, sitting and underneath everything you do to keep it going in the right direction so that you've got a really firm foundation to go and go berserk with your marketing. Because the ad hoc bits of marketing that people have a tendency to do almost certainly don't work. They're just not going to kind of give you return on investment because they're going to not have any feasibility. They haven't got any consistency. So I'm there to bring you that firm foundation that you can build on with confidence. So I'm a marketer with a bit of a difference. I, I love that. Can we talk a little bit and touch on the strategy? Because that is exactly what we were just talking about before we came on air. I was talking about sorting out SEOs and combining and making sure that you're using that keyword in everything. And a year ago, I didn't know that. So I'm intrigued by the strategy because you're right. We throw mud at the wall. I've got people who come to me and they've spent 25, 30,000 pounds on marketing and they've had no return of investment. And they've literally kept, I, I always say, stop burning your money. So can you explore a little bit with me about strategy? Because I think it's really important. I think what's really interesting is that if you ask most people, hello, can I see your marketing strategy? They will immediately get a really blank glaze over their head, face. And they're either thinking, oh, I haven't got one. Or they're thinking, oh, yes, I did one of those two years ago. I wonder where it is. And they don't look at it. They haven't tweaked it. They haven't thought about how it's working. And a strategy is not a plan. It is something which is deeply tied to your business strategy. So your marketing strategy is how you make your business strategy work. And it's not just short term tactics. It's the long term direction of growth that you want your company to go in. So it's going to be we how are we going to get into the Australasian market, if that's what you want to do? How are we going to over time um, expand our business to um, develop more, uh, be, grow by 20%. And it's that kind of strategic activity that might be the really boring structural things like, oh, we need to change our, C, uh, our CRM. We need to make sure we have got a more aligned relationship with our sales team. We've got to make sure that our operations team know what we're doing. So they're those key strategic moves. And if you don't have a strategy, that's why, as you say, the mud you throw at the wall, the marketing mud you throw at the wall doesn't stick. It's really interesting you talked about C sorry, I've got an itch. Everybody, got an itch. Um, really interesting you talk about the CRM, because I've worked with a few CRMs and 
I'm looking at, now I wasn't in this space, I, I, you know, six months ago, I wasn't looking at taking on freelancers and, and I am now and I wasn't needing a CRM, but the business is actually growing and I'm I'm starting to look at that implement, implement ah, I can't speak this money. I'm looking at getting a CRM and I've started the investigation. I've worked with Salesforce, I've worked with um, Sugar, I've worked with a couple of others, I've looked at Monday.com and I can't find one yet that works with my size of business I'm quite small and they all seem to be quite convoluted and it's also the time to learn the software so there are people obviously out there that that help but how important is a CRM? It is really 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 important you the probably the most important thing that you need in your business is if I say to you who is your audience you ought to be able to tell me who your audience is and that's not just a broad brush stroke of oh it's males who like jogging when I mean, that's lovely but it's not that's not a broad brushstroke and at the, as your business develops you need to identify each individual people person you're talking to and so i if, suppose kirsty became a customer i need to know that kirsty became a customer and she bought this product and then two weeks later she bought this product and then she sent that product back uh why did she send that product back what did i do wrong and it's that really close relationship with your customers that you're going to go back with because your long-term customer value is where the base of your structure is you need to know i've got customers like that are going to come and become repeat customers um, they're also going to become referrers they're going to become um people that i can trial new product on perhaps so your customers are more more important than anything else and you need to know everything about them and you need to know every single touch point you've had with them so every email you've sent them every invitation to a webinar you've sent them and everything they've done back with you so that you can segment your audience and do really key really nice niche bits of marketing to key customer segments for yourself because it makes them much more powerful and you spend much less time you don't want to just Spend, spend spend your whole time doing great big marketing campaigns to all of your customers because it's expensive time consuming you'd be much better to do multiple little little marketing campaigns to little niches of your customer base that that's brilliant a really good way of describing it because i can remember when i worked in corporate and corporate sales and that crm was so important i remember when we first implemented it actually and we all went what's this but the power of the engine behind it we were doing quotes we were we were everything was tracked we had a little in link into our outlooks and everything was there on the crm and what was really lovely is with so many people saying that you shouldn't work from home the crm will prove that you're working so i love crm <laughs> <laughs> also means that you and your sales team and your operations team and your customer service team all have the same view of the customer so the customer starts having trust in you so that if a customer phones you up with a complaint they're going to get the same story from everyone or if they phone you up with a question they know or they may be phoning up with their third question and they're going to get the same answer because a person can go and look at the crm and say oh they were told xyz and so everyone knows exactly the same view of them it's, it's brilliant. So where and how did you set up? I'm intrigued by, the, by you. Oh, by me. I've been I've got a big corporate background. So I was a, a marketing director for a publishing company um, and I travel the world and lots of exotic things. And then I thought, actually, it's very nice traveling the world, but I don't want to do that anymore. So I took a kind of um, career break for a while. I, I was away for two years and I just 
went and looked at the stars and read poetry and did imagination things. And then I thought, oh, no, I've got to earn some money. But I don't want to be part of that corporate world anymore. And I thought, actually, what I enjoy about marketing is helping people, helping people do it themselves. I don't want to do it for them. I want to help them do it themselves. That's why I enjoyed running marketing teams so that I could make the team understand what they were doing. So I guide them into what they were doing. I thought, actually, that I can do that with my corporate experience to individuals. So I then just started very small, doing little tiny bits of strategic development and advice to small really small SMEs. And then I started getting contracts with bigger corporates to kind of pull marketing teams together and keep them on track and give them purpose and give them a structure. And then I started being pulled into um, align businesses. So make sure that marketing sales and operations and indeed their brand were all working in one single alignment. So they're all going in the same direction direction they were using the same targets the same goals the same kpis and they were all actually working together to the same end um, and I, I love doing that and that's now what i do i work with companies to build them these strategies which will align their companies i, I love your passion i love the way you talk about it, it what sounds like a really normally boring aspect of work you make it sound exciting and thrilling and and i really like that because it's like i'm going oh and my brain at the moment is firing off on so many different, different areas because i'm going oh i remember doing that and and yeah i remember doing that and like you i was in the corporate world before that obviously i was an actor but um yeah corporate world i, I don't know if i could return to it because oh. those two years that you had off it's a bit like my time off when i was uh you know with my daughter that creativity, that freedom, the the thought process that came in, particularly that break I had after leaving the corporate world and COVID and having to return back to being a mum. And, you know, there I was baking cakes and painting and goodness knows what else. And I've, I've rediscovered that creativity. And I'm just interested in that break. What was the thing that you, you took away from it? What was the one if you could think of one thing or maybe two that really resonate to you still to this day from that two year break. So that's really important. It's a dangerously long time ago now, but um, <laughs> it's probably actually the most important thing. How many times when you meet somebody, they say, oh, hello. And then they'll say to you, what do you do? And at the beginning, that was really scary because I'd have to say, oh, I don't do anything. I'm pointless. I don't have a purpose. And oh, actually... Well, it, 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 but it's a funny thing when you don't have a job, you don't you don't do anything. Mm -hmm. And actually, the most important thing that came to me is that to give yourself confidence. I could say, I read books and look at the stars, and that makes people think because then they don't know where to go because then they can't. Then they have to go, oh, oh, I don't know how to go. Oh. I've now got to have a proper conversation with this person and find out more about them. So it taught me to not fall into the regular way of doing things. Don't actually think, here's a pattern, here's, this, is, this is how I've got to do things. So to break the norms, is that's what it taught me, break the norms. You haven't got to do the things that people say you've got to do. And the same is true of marketing. You haven't got to do LinkedIn ads the way that LinkedIn happens. You haven't, I've got some friends that are in corporate, um, corporate finance, and they suddenly kept, one of them came to me and said, oh, 
do you think I should do a TikTok? Tick, I should actually market it, market on TikTok. It's not really corporate, is it? And I said, perhaps that's the reason you should market on TikTok because it's not corporate. Break a rule, go and break a rule. And that's what it taught me. Breaking rules is really valuable. I think, was it Johnny Rotten who said, rules are for fools? I could have that wrong. So please, if I've got that wrong, tell me. But I seem to remember there was something about him saying rules are for fools. And if it wasn't him, whoever said it, I absolutely love it. Rules are for fools. Um, yeah. I'm very much about breaking the rules, but not being crazy, although I probably was crazy when I was much younger. <laughs> If you would have been, I can imagine you being crazy, and that's that's probably what's taught you how what crazy means and how to do it properly. <laughs> so someone said to me yesterday, um, did you know, I was talking talking at a networking event, and we were I was saying, well, when I was younger, I didn't even need a glass of wine to get on the table and dance. So yeah, I was definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm um, you again. That sounds glorious. Well, there was a pub in whilst we were on this. Uh, there was a pub in Leith in Edinburgh, and I lived in Leith for a very short period of time. And it was called the Port of Leith, and it was open till three or four in the morning. And I went down there with some friends, and there was this bar. It was the perfect bar to dance on. But I was sober, and there I was with my friend Sophie, who's an author, and we were dancing on the bar, and we were having Excellent. an absolute hoot. And then I think the back to that, I think, gosh, I wasn't actually that young. I was in my thirties. <laughs> Thing. Don't be ashamed. Along the way, you must have had some, and we've had some lovely, lovely um, comments. In fact, I'm going to come to them because Luke Steele has just said, Kirsty crazy. Nah, Luke knows me. He's, he's had to pull <laughs> me back from the brink a few times. Uh, Luke's got a question for you. When leaving the corporate world and having a very specific idea of the elements that you wanted to be involved in moving forward, how did you market yourself to work in this way? That's very sweet of you to say that it looked like I had very specific <laughs> elements. Um, I actually marketed myself. It was going. It's too difficult. There are too many people in the in the marketplace to say, "Oh, I'm a I'm a marketing consultant. I will help you do your marketing." In inverted commas. So you have. I, I felt I had to choose a specific part of it which I wasn't seeing, and you very you don't often see that many marketing consultants say, I will solely help you with your strategy. You will get a strategy out of me, not the tactics, not the um, social networking. I will help you find ways to do that. But I marketed myself as, as a kind of, it was, I went for very, very niche marketing because that's the, it kind of puts you outside the main route of things. It's not easy. And I did end up doing both. So I did a bit of helping people do their LinkedIn, et cetera, to make money, because to a certain extent you have to make money. But um, I made myself a kind of very specific strategist, partly because that's what I'm good at and like doing. Um, and I'm not terribly good at, I'm not a brilliant social networking marketer. It's not what I do very well. I know lots of people that do, and I can find you people that do it very well. But I thought, actually, I want to do the thing I'm good at. And I specifically looked for the thing I'm good at, and I'm quite good at doing strategy. So I now help people do strategy. And, and I think that's really cool because we were talking about that again before we became live, because I've worked out what I'm really good at, and that is coaching people to come on camera, to do this interview technique, to just actually feel comfortable, confident, and um, I'll empower people. The other side of the business, I can 
I can I can freelance that out because actually I my clients come to me needing one bit which I do but they also need the other bit yeah. but I don't have time for that so bring in a network of freelancers to yes. do that work at a cost that will support particularly small businesses I think it's really key and you do have to, as you said niche down we've had a couple of other comments um just because it's really lovely to go to them. So Susanna Ray has a great conversation on what a marketing strategy actually is and how a CRM will help. So we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, and then Joanne Herman says, I think COVID enabled me as a marketeer to break the rules and marketing conventions to, uh, conventions to act quickly and do something differently. And she's asked a question, do you think COVID altered marketing? I'm joined by my, my cat just to say we have to <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I love a cat. I love a cat. I've got two. What's yours called? Harry, he's very, very determined. So I, I will try and defend to keep him uh, out of screen, but it's not my, going to be my, easy. My door's shut, otherwise chaos and man will come in. <laughs> I can't shut Bring the door because I'm yelled. So I'm afraid we're <laughs> going to be joined by Harry, which is a bit distraction. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, don't be. Don't be. So Joanne said, um, do you think COVID altered marketing strategy and tactics? Oh, that's a hard question. Yeah. Um, I think it may, I think what it did is it, it had two did two things for my some of my clients some of them actually thought actually pivoted quite dramatically to become more digital because they had suddenly had this experience where they had run a shop let's say i've got people who run, run shops and they'd suddenly had to become more digital so i think it made people aware of becoming more digital more also people were furloughed so all of a sudden they became more capable of doing what we are doing now and having those digital video conversations. Um, I think it made people worry about their budgets and actually think perhaps I now need a strategy to go forward because all of a sudden they were put under acute pressure to keep their businesses going at all. And one of the things that they should have to help that happen is proper strategies that they can go back to and say, we are going in this direction at this speed and revisit that if, if the situation changes. So I think what COVID should have done is made people look at their business and say, this is a, an acutely difficult time. We have got to strategize around it. It's it's really key because I think about my strategy for what I'm doing and I'm aware that the second part of my business is actually driven by what my go-to-market strategy is, which is all, if anyone looks, public speaking on camera and it's everywhere, but that pulls through and then takes the second funnel. But I don't know if I'd have got there with that if I hadn't gone off and had some coaching. I hadn't met people like you that said, what is yeah. your, your your strategy? Where 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 is your push and pull and how are you going to build the business and and it's interesting because without that strategy I would just be another public speaking coach no point of difference no niche down yeah. so I do think you've got some really key things there about niching and of course I'm a pivoter let's be honest I pivoted at the yeah. start of COVID what I was going to do, I realised wasn't going to work. So I pivoted to use my strengths to yeah. embrace this new digital world. I think that's you're, I mean, you're a perfect example of it. And you you kind of grasped really a really quite painful nettle. A lot of people find it impossible. And the most painful nettle to grasp is change. People find that really, really hard. And if you have a strategy where you have possibly built some change into it, so you have said in your strategy, 
in the next five years, we are going to um, have have uh, all our all our people working from home. Just suppose that's your that's how you think you're going to save money to go forward to grow your business. Then that's a change that you have got to work towards and work around. And change is much less painful if you've planned it. If it just comes and hits you in the face and you suddenly think, oh, shit, how am I going to do this? But I've got to do it quickly. And this is now painful. and I'm stuck. It's a disaster. Whereas if you strategize change, it's actually quite fun and you can think brilliant and you can do it in bits. And you can make and you can make mistakes. Having a strategy lets you make mistakes. Just as a just for instance, I mean, I don't know how you decided to stop being an actor and start doing what you're doing now, but it might have been because you suddenly thought maybe this isn't what I'm terribly good at, or I don't, or it's too painful, or the the the, fu the funding stream isn't good enough. I'm not getting enough jobs, or whatever it was, um, and those mistakes are really 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 important to make i mean when i'm doing strategy i actually try and people put people in there to make do risks risk things i mean not huge things that are going to put your business out of um, put you out of business but you know go completely mad occasionally and try something wow and if it doesn't work as long as you haven't threatened your brand and made you make your made yourself look ridiculous it's absolutely fine. And you will have learned something from it. I, I love what you just mentioned there, because um, just so you know, I, I get I, I walked away from the acting industry because I wanted to buy a house. Simple as that. <laughs> really simple. <laughs> I was never going to get a mortgage as a, on my acting salary. But um, <laughs> you were just saying there about uh, brands and not damaging the brand. Really interesting thing, because when I first came to market, I had, a, everyone knows, I had this really stark corporate kind of black logo because I'd looked at the colours and black apparently means wealth and oh, oh yeah all that wonderful stuff that you go and do as a new business owner that you waste yourself going down the rabbit hole when my favourite colour is purple so now <laughs> my branding is of course purple which it should have been in the first place but it wasn't corporate but it is interesting what you were saying about that you can do a lot within that space so you don't damage your brand and you can have fun. And I remember having a conversation with somebody about Instagram saying, just don't know how to make my brand exciting. And she went, well, what are you going to do? And that start that one little nugget of how can I make my brand more fun to bring more strategy, more fun into it to make yeah. it more uh, resonate better with the audience? How can I do that? And that was actually getting rid of the black and bringing in the purple. <laughs> That's, I mean, you're right. Fun is important, but you should have fun uh, once you're absolutely sure about your why. So you absolutely know why my business is doing what it is. And that, that doesn't have to be incredibly complicated. In fact, it shouldn't be. If you can't say what your business does in 60 seconds, you've got it wrong you're not doing it properly. You should be able to say, I believe that, that uh, she says failing to do it herself. Um, <laughs> I believe that um, properly strategized business marketing structure uh, will make your business 50% better. That's what I believe. And I do it because I want to make your business 50% better. And so, I don't think I heard anything salesy in that either. I think no, I heard I want to help 
I want yeah. to, I, I, this is what I love. I think that's what I heard, not I didn't hear, because um, I'm just thinking about the elevator pitch and how I kind of feel that the elevator pitch has had its day because people stand up and they just suddenly pitch, whereas it should be an elevated conversation. <laughs> What's really interesting is, that's really interesting you talk about elevator pitches because elevator pitches should never have been salesy. Effectively, you've got to imagine you've got into a lift and you've suddenly met the, your managing director and he's the one person you've never spoken to before. And if you do, if you sell something to him, he's too busy. But if you say something interesting to him, like, um, do you think, uh, well, no, you could say to him, don't you think that if the business was aligned, we'd be 50% better? You might make him go, oh, yeah, uh, hang on, what? You've got to stop people and make them and make them think. That's what an elevator pitch is. An elevator pitch has got to make people not want to get out of the elevator. Yeah, and hence it's why the elevator pitch. We've had a, we're, we're having a busy good old morning this morning. We've had, um, oh, we had another question from Joe, which I'll come to in a minute. But Gillen, I love Gillen. In fact, we need to tap, uh, catch up, Gillen, because... Uh, I had a, an idea for you. Um, he says, absolutely agree. You have to take risks to take to make gains. And I think that is so true. Gillen is really one of those brave people out there. He's also a brilliant vid videographer. And Joanne says, another question, any good books or key influences in strategy you'd recommend as well as yourself? Oh, well, obviously, there is only me. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to turn around. So if you bear with me for a second, because I have got a good book right behind me. Bear with me awesome. for a second. I've just got to find it. I'm loving this conversation. I just, I, I think people don't realise what it's like to go live. Last week I had an absolute, not a nightmare, but poor Brad. He couldn't come on the, uh, he couldn't come on the show. He couldn't visually come on the show. And I just love the fact that you're going to your bookcase behind. And this is what <laughs> live is about. It is not about being on camera no. and being boring yeah just so everyone, whilst you're looking for your book just so everyone knows going on camera you should be natural you should be just who you are um <laughs> yeah again, we'll, 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 we'll have a catch up so i think um sally's going to find this book and oh. then we will get back on track but i just love it what you should it? do is have your books in alphabetical order and organized <laughs> unlike mine right i've got three for you one is uh, this one, oh, hang on. this one, this is marketing yeah. by Seth Godin. It's a great book. It's just does everything you need to know. It's really easy to read and you'll get magnificently good piece of advice out of it. That's I one. love Seth. Uh, God, God. Is it Godin or Godin? I love oh, him. I, I went on a, his name. Yeah, I went on a StreamYard thing a year ago and oh my goodness, he, so he, he, he and I feel the same about just do it on camera and it will go wrong. So just do it. And oh, brilliant, man. Brilliant. Absolutely. Brilliant. Absolutely. This is another one that boy, does this teach you things about what your brand is? This is called, oh, okay. Build a brand in 30 days. And this is, gives you some really good actual do this, do that. And it's, and it kind of, um, makes you think about your audience more than anything else because people don't think about their audiences enough when they're thinking about their brand they'll go oh my brand is well is, is a, I, i'm like a maserati and you think no you're not your audience has no idea who you are what what do you what do the audience you're trying to get to think about maserati you know you, it makes you think about your audience very good brand 
really strategy. important really yeah. important to think about who your yeah. audience is exactly it should be the first thing you think about every morning when you get up how and every single moment throughout your strategy you have got to say at the very beginning of your strategy you should set goals so this the goals for short term and long term they're going to be how your strategy is structured but then every single thing you do every tiny tactic you do should be how is this tactic going to fulfill that goal so never ever that and it would should stop you doing ad hoc things all over the place and as you say burning money because ad hoc marketing as you you, you put it so good but it's like that sitting over a candle flame with 50 pound notes if you don't if you're not lucky i mean ad hoc marketing can work sometimes if you're lucky but it's not a long-term strategy and it will just, make just what's on that i did a lot of um guerrilla marketing because i did events and guerrilla marketing is different and i think this is where there gets this uh, this confusion um and i've probably said guerrilla wrong because i always say do it wrong because you yeah, know that's oh, the dyslexia know it's not an o it's an e not an o <laughs> so it's gorilla is that right Right. Uh, depends so, what you're talking about. I would say gorilla because it's G. Uh, it's it's kind of yes. Carry on. Yeah, but the, the the whole thing with that is that's a strategized ad hoc marketing campaign. It is not ad hoc. It is yeah. a strategized marketing campaign and that yeah. is where some people see it and think it's not got a strategy behind it and it really does and i've been involved in those conversations to make that so i do know 100 that is strategized so that brings you back that's, to you that's really interesting because people often do events wrong they'll say part of well, i can you can i've seen plans but they'll say we're going to these conferences and you'll say okay why and they'll go oh because they're big conferences <laughs> no um, <laughs> oh good um who's going to be at them Oh, I think there's going to be some audience, some people we need to speak to there. What do you mean you think? Unless you know. And it's all those things people get very excited about. People being seen is important, but you've got to make sure you're being seen by the right people and that you manage to talk to the people at that conference that are the right people. So events is one of those really grey areas that unless you get it right, you can waste lots of money on. Really good advice there. And your third book, Sally. Oh, sorry. This is slightly <laughs> So everyone should read this because this will just make you feel better. And it this is this is strategy at its heart. Now I'm not gonna you're gonna have to read it, okay? It's called Oh, I think oh. I know this book. Is this it's the one Big Panda Tiny Dragon? Oh wow, okay. And this gonna... is a big panda taking a tiny dragon on a journey, and he talks strategically all the way through. This is, but it's not complicated strategy. It's quite simple strategy. I'll just read one, here we go. And you have to kind of look at it with strategic eyes. Okay, this is, some people are like candles. They burn themselves out to create light for others. And it could be that your marketing team is doing that. And, wow. but they shouldn't be burning themselves out. If your marketing team is apps is working 24 hours a day, seven days a week to produce leads for the sales team and the sales team never come back to them and say, brilliant, what can we do for you? Your 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 um, alignment strategy is wrong. Brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. Um, 
Wow, uh, that, that takes me back to a book that I haven't touched for a long time. And it's more of a hippie book, but it did change my life. And uh, unfortunately, the, the, the guy who wrote it is dead now, I believe. And it was um, Twisted Fables for Twisted Minds by the Barefoot oh. Doctor. Oh, wow. I'm going to read that. Twisted Fables I, for Twisted Minds. I genuinely love that book. It is... Um, was given to me by actually my ex-husband who is a, a good guy and um yeah it was uh it changed my life it also made me walk out the marriage so sorry there but um, <laughs> the marriage was the, the, the he was a good guy there were issues but it was time for me to to for us yeah. and i'll say that it was time for us to part oh. but um and it was important that we did because we, we'd become toxic to each other but that book really helped me realize about toxicity and what we put out in the world and it really changed my life so I have loved where this chat has gone this is where you get to ask me a question this is where you get to turn the tables on me I've, I've loved it so yeah anything you want to throw at me and I will try my best to answer it because I never know what you're going to throw <laughs> uh, what do people get wrong about being on camera because I'd spend all my time telling my clients you have got to have a video on your website for lots of reasons because I do genuinely believe it bring it builds more trust more quickly uh it keeps people on google for longer if you're any good at it um it keeps you on a website for longer if you're any good at it and it increases your seo but what do people get wrong so the first thing they do is they think they've got to write a script. They've got to structure and strategize what they're going to do on camera. They forget that actually what they do every single day is what people want to see. So uh, yesterday we were talking to a guy who's an installer and we want videos of him in his van and outside his van going on the job because that is what he does. So they overthink, they overplan, and then they talk themselves out of it is the first thing people do is they really think it's got to be this when actually you want to strip it all away you want to strip and strip and strip so less is more less is much more powerful when it comes to going on camera and the other thing they do is they won't look away so they do this <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my goodness I, I yet have yet to work out well I know where it comes from there's a lot of people on social media who go go and talk to the camera like this and it's intense and it doesn't allow the audience to breathe it doesn't allow the audience to make up their mind if they like you or not and the, the biggest thing the, the, the next thing is they go they waste those those really important three seconds because on camera you've only got three seconds before people scrolls by it's not seven it's three and they waste them they're going hello I'm Kirsty and I'm going to talk and so you've got to come straight in and this is a golden nugget you've got to come straight in with your hook that's a that. brilliant piece of advice because i would always have done exactly what you said which is wrong hello i'm sally blah blah, blah. you've lost them so if you look oh. at my videos on youtube you will see uh, the last one was we all am and are you've got to come straight in with that hook because otherwise people will not watch and the average video is only really watched the the wise wise different but most videos only watch between th so it's three seconds then it's 10 sec if you get to 10 seconds well if you get to 30 seconds my goodness that is incredible and if you go if you get to 30 seconds they'll they'll probably watch to the end but most people drop off by 10 seconds so three seconds seven seconds 10 seconds. If you think about that, it's gone. So you've that's got it. Really in interesting. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And and because the that's really interesting. So actually, you will stop if someone says, 
um, I believe honey is better than treacle. And then you're thinking, what? What's that got to do with marketing? Your brain goes yeah. to why. Yeah, yeah why? absolutely. Exactly what you said on the lift with the elevator pitch. You know, yep. there is that thing where if you can get somebody to think, and then we, the, this is why this is called the why's why. There's a lots of reasons. I don't like the question why because you should never ask anyone it. But if you can get somebody to think why, you're there. Yep. That's exactly right. So this has been brilliant. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Um, we've got Joe's just said, uh, love, love, love that. Some great takeaways. Elevator pitch. Keep them in the elevator. Thank you, Sally and Kirsty. Sally, thank you. This has been a total joy. Me too. I've loved every second. Can I just very, very briefly say that I run a, um, a podcast called Marketing Meanders. So if anyone wants to listen to me waffling on, to, we invite guests and me and my colleague Sam chat about marketing bits and pieces, how to do it, how not to do it. And if anyone's, it's available everywhere. It's called Marketing Meanders. Can you drop that into the chat? And then okay. when this is gone, streamed live on YouTube at the same time. So can you drop that into the YouTube as well okay. as a comment so people can know where to find you? Uh, we'll do the comments afterwards because you can't do it now. But when you go back in... Um, if you drop that in and drop it onto yeah. YouTube and people can find it and I'll share it with uh, send me the link and I'll share it with the social media posts afterwards. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you.